AIM is a podcast that connects women who are eager to grow in their relationship with God. Living out the living word of God each day. Welcome back. Uh, This is Karen Jr. Uh, So today we're going to be continuing um, this series on our incredible mother, St. Mary, and adding to the bouquet that we started last time and talking about the symbolism um, of the mercy seat to the second tabernacle and the olive branch. So stay tuned. Enjoy the mystery for now. And uh, let's begin. <laughs> awesome. So when we call St. Mary the second tabernacle, um, we got to understand what the first tabernacle looked like. And we get a lot of the dimensions, the features, the characteristics from Exodus. Um, and God showed Moses like um he showed him visions of the heavenly tabernacle, the heavenly temple. And he told him, I want you to make a pattern of this on earth using earthly material. Um, but all with the foreshadowing that this is not the ultimate be it all, be it and all, that there is something coming that will fulfill this first tabernacle. And this is obviously St. Mary, the second tabernacle. So when it comes to the tabernacle, there's, there's so many things to talk about, but just very briefly, um, it was a structure of like three parts and, and it gets deeper as you go in. So the outside was where all the people were worshiping. And then the inside is where the priest senses every day. And then the Holy of Holies is like the very, very inside where the Ark of the Covenant is. And that was only entered once a year on the Day of Atonement for the priest to offer sacrifices on behalf of his sins and the sins of the people. What's really amazing is that the Holy of Holies was previously unapproachable. So nobody could have come near it. And even the Holy, the the the, the high priest will only enter once a year. But now St. Mary is becoming this like the second tabernacle, the Holy of Holies that we can approach, who is our personal mother, our personal approachable person who heals and intercedes for us um, and who shows us our ultimate potential. And I know we're going to talk about that a lot too. The Other thing with the mercy seat is also very much related to that. So we call her the mercy seat in the um, Sunday Theotokia. And we say specifically the two golden cherubim continually cover you with or cover the mercy seat with their wings, overshadowing the place of the Holy of Holies in the second tabernacle. And then we parallel to her and we say, you too, O Mary, thousands of thousands and myriads of myriads overshadow you, praising their creator. So this would be really helpful if you like searched up a picture of the mercy seat on Google, um, but you'll see that it's this it's this golden structure with the Ark of the Covenant, and it's continuous with the two golden cherubim, and their their wings are like touching each other, and they're facing each other. And on top of that is the mercy seat. And basically, every time the cherubim are mentioned in the Old Testament, it's um it's a symbol of the presence of God. So ever since in the Garden of Eden. And then in the mercy seat, and then Ezekiel sees a prophecy. There's every time it's it's mentioned, we know that basically God sits above the cherubim. So when we say that the mercy seat is where the cherubim are, we're we're saying that like Saint Mary is. Sorry, let me just explain better. I'm not making much sense, but like you know, like the mercy seat on top of it, God sits, and so therefore, when we call Saint Mary the mercy seat, we know that she bore God literally, like bore him mm. to the world on her laps like he was sitting in her and on her um and the cool thing again of this like previously unapproachable was that the mercy seat um could never technically be seen because it was housing the invisible god on top of it so god's throne is the mercy seat and so apparently the priest had to use like sensing use the sensor all the time when he entered the holy of holies 
to the point that the smoke would cover the mercy seat and you couldn't see the mercy seat because he who sees God in the Old Testament would die because it was fatal. It was all the glory. You couldn't handle it. But then again, you see the recapitulation of that in the incarnation with the, the second mercy seat, St. Mary, who again becomes this human who we can touch and feel and see, who bores to us Christ, who we can also touch and feel and see. I love when you see all the parallels between them. St. Augustine says the New Testament is the old concealed. The Old Testament is in the new revealed. So, yeah, you couldn't see it. Now you can. And it's so yeah. beautiful how <clears throat> when God created the world, he looked at her and modeled these things based off of her. She was the blueprint. She was the original beautiful creation. Um, yeah, it's beautiful. And it makes me think uh, about like it makes you think about your worth and your value and your purpose yeah and uh going to your point um what you brought up the saying of saint augustine and uh the old testament and the tabernacle um i've been really reflecting on the uh, psalm hear o daughter and see and incline your ear forget your people and your father's house uh for the king has desired your beauty like it just is so, it's insane. I, I love that that verse so much. Um, and so I went to read that, the whole psalm again. And we learn here that the virgins or her, her companions who follow her, who follow St. Mary, shall enter to the king after her. Uh, so reading uh, verses 14 to 16 of Psalm 45, um, all her glory as the king's daughter is within adorned and embroidered with golden tassels the virgins behind her shall be brought to the king her neighbors shall be brought to you to to you capital uh, capital y they shall be brought with gladness and rejoicing they shall be led into the temple of the king and we even say she's the pride of virginity and through her we were able to enter into like into his resting place and he he is entering humanity and in turn, we're able to to dwell with him. And we even say, um, like, through her prayers and intercessions, O Lord, open unto us the gates of the church. So it's like, like, open to us the fulfillment of and the completion of this tabernacle that you started. Like, help us enter into the church and and help us to, yeah, exactly, like, to, to come to the other side of it and the church came after the tabernacle, but there's no like opposition from like between the Old Testament and the New Testament. It's just a fulfillment, just like you guys both said. And the tabernacle was just a foretaste of um, of what the the full work and the work that is continuing still of the incarnation. Um, and it's this is just a personal thought, um, but we know that it's it was only the high priest who can enter into the tabernacle, and Christ Himself being the high priest entered and presented humanity um in him to his father and he entered into that uh the tabernacle and so it's in him and through him that we're able to enter into this resting place and through saint mary that's how we find favor before god and and it's through imitating her who imitated christ um that we're able to enter from the tabernacle to the church <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't be me if I didn't bring it back to the liturgy. Um, but this whole idea of 
like the reason why she's so venerated in our church and why we care so much about her is because and we've already talked about this a little bit is she's she's our full potential because she was fully human um and so when we sing theotokia in um in midnight praises it, it's it's all about her and that's because she's the mother of god and we admire her she's our potential she represents what we as humans have been created to become because she carried God, she bore Christ. She's a Christ bearer, like Maria was mentioning. Um, um, and she allowed his word or the word to take flesh in her um, or to be alive in her. And and that that's what we are called to do as well. And actually, if you go through the Theotokia, which is kind of what the series is about, every line or name given to St. Mary points to who she is and also who we should be and, 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 and our dignity. Um, so the second tabernacle, right? She carried God, um, and the tabernacle in the Old Testament was the presence of God. St. Paul calls us the temple of the Holy Spirit. We're going to touch on that a little bit more today. And, and so on, the ark overlaid with gold, the pot of manna, which we'll talk about later, the lampstand, the golden censer, all of these things. He models the Old Testament based on the New Testament. So he created the first tabernacle because he knew what the second tabernacle would look like later on in the liturgy. Um, we do the hail to use. Um, and I actually heard something beautiful in Plow Liturgy series. Um, after the Catholic epistle, which focuses more on living out our faith. It's more about the works. Um, because our lives speak, speak out faith. Um, and then what we do is we do the hail to you, O Marys, because we recognize that St. Mary carried the word. And so through her, the word took flesh and became Christ. And we're invited to carry the word of God and to take flesh and our flesh. We're invited to embody the word, to make it alive, um, because the word of God is the way of God. So when we receive the word, our heart is open to the word. We live the word that we hear. The word of God takes my flesh and blood, and the word is manifest in my life. And we say hail to Mary um, in remembrance of this, St. Mary she is his flesh and blood um, because she heard the word of God and carried it. That's beautiful. And it's, it's amazing to remember that all of this can be our potential. And as you mentioned, Karen, like the, in Psalm 45, that he, he desired her and then all the virgins are following her, uh, which makes me think of the Sunday, no, sorry, the Monday Lopsh, where we say, mm -hmm. all you virgins love purity in order to become daughters of St. Mary, for through her, all women find favor in, in, God. Um, and it made me think of Atai Parthenos. So um, Atai Parthenos is a beautiful hymn we sing in veneration, mm -hmm. also saying Hail to Mary, basically. And as you mentioned, it's it's Psalm 45 and it extends on Psalm 48, 68, 87, 132. So go read all of those Psalms. But it's all about like God finding a dwelling place, a resting place in her, and that extending to all of us. So we say, like, um, Great is our Lord, greatly to be praised in the city of our God, the holy mountain. And all of these things are always linked back to St. Mary or um, the Lord loved the gates of Zion because all of these places in the Old Testament were where God dwelt, quote unquote, although we know he's everywhere. But then in the New Testament, we know that all of these are symbolizing St. Mary. Um, so yeah, where the Lord has chosen Zion, he has desired it in His as his habitation. And it's amazing to think that all the, the glory and the honor that St. Mary was worthy of is... Yeah, it's just that he he desired it from from a woman, from a from a humble, quiet soul, and that we can also partake in that honor and in that glory. Um, because we're talking 
about how she is everyone's potential. And we spoke so much about virginity because it's kind of a main characteristic or trait about her. Um, can we define virginity? Because I think I have an idea of what it means, but I think we should touch on it a little bit more. Karen. Okay. Um, I just had one little infant thought um, on this. All that comes to mind is, I believe it was St. Basil who said, I like something along the lines of, I have not known a woman, yet I am not virginal. Um, and so for me, like that clearly, it just makes it clear that it's not about any, um, it's not just about any physical things that you do, but it's, it's all about purity of thoughts and heart and, and the entire beating, beating, the entire being <laughs> is completely, um, consecrated for God and not divided in its intentions and in its uh, goal. Because if really, if our goal is God, then we wouldn't be seeking fulfillment in other things and in created beings and uncreated beings. And um, he would be our only source of, of satisfaction and nourishment. And so it's through being pure, undivided, unshared, unmixed with other things that... Um, yeah that we can be virgins our entire life even married couples um like saint moses the strong i'm sure after his entire life and and after his monasticism is is a virgin in god's eyes i believe like there's no emphasis on like caring for our physical actions of course that is a huge important like we still need to be very watchful and vigilant and and um to not to slip but yeah but that it's a disposition of the heart not just a state of being yeah mm -hmm. um i mentioned this quote last time i can mention it again <laughs> in for the life of the world where he says mary is the virgin but this virginity is not a negation it's not just a mere absence of mm. you know a sexual intercourse it is the fullness and wholeness of love itself it's the totality of her self-giving to god and thus the very expression the very quality of her love um, so he says the Orthodox Church, by celebrating this virginity of St. Mary, recognizes, again, what we're saying, that the Virgin Mary is the goal and the fulfillment of the whole history of salvation, of that history of love and obedience, of response and expectation, just like you said, Karen. Oh, and then he says she's the daughter, she's the true daughter of the Old Testament, its last and most beautiful flower. Oh, oh. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> I mean, that was so planned. Please. Of course. <laughs> Um, he even says later, like, she reveals the fullness of motherhood because her virginity is the fullness of love. So it's like you can't have one without the other. She's the mother of Christ and she extends that love to all of us by her constantly saying yes. One of the things I was meditating on was the temple was just such a holy place. Again, like we keep saying the holy priest could only enter the holy of holies once in once a year and like everything around the tabernacle was sacred and holy. And St. Mary was that. she Everything that was in her, in her thoughts, her feelings, her actions were all holy. Excuse me. Everything stemming from her inside. Um, and that's why, you know, the, the father looked from heaven and found no one like her. Uh, but again, that this is something that should be what we aim for. Like it should be attainable. It's not easy, 
but it's it's what should what we should be striving for. And Father Matthew the Poor has this beautiful expression. He says, she her body obtained a permanent descent of the Holy Spirit, a fullness of grace, um, a special overshadowing. And then he talks about like why her body is so honored and why Christ like took her body and assumed it into heaven because of that, that she had this permanent descent of the Holy Spirit. And I think we're so lucky to have her and to call her mama because she's such a beautiful example of femininity and womanhood in this day and age. Um, I know Shmemen, right in the beginning, near the beginning of the book, um, speaks about how she is kind of the answer to the image of like womanhood in, in this in this day and age. So she's the first image of a woman and she's christ's first gift to us um and she's kind of the answer or the anecdote to everything that the world tells us women should be she's humility and purity but beauty and strength and she's the image of love and the victory of love she demands nothing and receives everything she pursues nothing and possesses all she's she's like if we are going to be sharing anything with our mom what a beautiful mom to to see these qualities and and to emulate her as best as we can and the beautiful thing is she loves us so much and is constantly interceding for us so that we can be like her um she's not this like separate away person and she's constantly constantly interceding we see it in the can of galilee story um but we see it all the time with her intercessions I'm sure you have heard of like the the miracle that happened where she healed this quadriplegic man in Egypt literally just last week um, mm-hmm. during the revival. But like she has she has personal and beautiful stories with everybody, uh, everybody who's willing to open up to her. And um, I was reading, I think again in, in Father Matthew, he was saying, let me just pull it up, sorry. He says, She's constantly interceding for us. And when she intercedes for our aid, healing, and repentance, she draws us into the realm of her relationship with Christ. So then he goes, in an, an orthodoxy, intercession raises us, us, raises us up sorry, to the level of the intercessor and so brings us into the presence of Christ. And then she, as the mediator, or whoever is interceding for us as the mediator, disappears. So she grabs us from the bottom. She takes us up to the level of her relationship with Christ as her son um and he goes so whatever courage she has in front of him whatever boldness she has whatever access she has to him as as her mother as his mother she gives to us and then she kind of leaves us at the feet of christ and you know lets him solve the issue she's everyone's intercessor by default you you don't really have to ask her christ asked like who is my father my brother my sister um sorry my brother and sister and mother and he says whoever does the will of my father and so just by virtue of that she is all of our moms um and i was listening to a series uh, by buna carlos ibrahim who talks about saint mary who's human in every way like us yet she didn't escape the cross in fact they say that she carried the second greatest cross after christ mm-hmm. um because if you had the option to spare anyone from suffering, you'd immediately look at your children, your parents, your loved ones. Um, and so Christ could have safeguarded her from his cross, um, but she chose to carry it and to witness his life and the life of the cross. And there were so many sorrows that accompanied her life. Um, 
which again is something that we're called to emulate and to follow um and she endured so much pain but in moments of history when there's most needed consolation he actually sends his mother and so like you think of the zaytun apparition mm-hmm. you think about all that happened in cairo you think about like france um and and she always brings comfort and consolation and it's this motherly heart of hers um that christ in his love chose to include in his grand in this grand economy of salvation where you find consolation in your mom uniting sorrow and suffering in a person shmemen's book says exactly that like her she as the mother brings into her own heart all our sorrows all our sufferings all unbearable pain of our earthly existence and she um like she says a source or she knew that a sword will pierce through her soul right as we say in luke mm-hmm. um but she she was willing to take it on and i think that there are parts again we don't really read much about her in scripture but i think we can read enough where at every stage of life you can speak to her about something so she's everyone's mom but i'm sure new mothers find a way to relate to her um in a way that they couldn't before and and you see how she was with elizabeth and she can be a sister and you see how she was with christ like you see how she was with saint joseph they're just different you see different sides of her she can become the mother that you never had or the mother that you wish you had or she's just the perfect example i think um every part of your life you can you can look to her so speaking of things that she bore um sorrows and burdens um something else that she carried was the olive branch so thanks to maria and not helping me out kind of un- to understand this um so when we think of noah's ark and the um the dove that came bearing the olive branch um the dove is a symbol of her who carried and brought to noah the news of the peace that will deliver mankind from the flood and we know like and we also mentioned this so many times um here that that, like the sea and um water is usually a, a symbol of like the world and chaos and just disorder um and so she brought that peace she she bore the the gift of life and of salvation from the flood and so i just have a little comment or reflection on olives specifically or olive oil um and so okay basically in in the ancient world and in the mediterranean world olive oil was like the aspirin of the time um and Okay, there's this quote that I'm going to try to read quickly to make it shorter. Um, The word mercy in English is the translation of the Greek word eleos. This word has the same ultimate root as the old Greek word for oil, or more precisely, olive oil, a substance which was used extensively as a soothing agent for bruises and minor wounds. The oil was poured onto the wound and gently massaged in, thus soothing, comforting, and making whole the injured part. Um, this is so orthodox like <laughs> if we think of that Christ literally made whole 
the meaning of what it means to be a human, what it be, means to be a human as we were created um, originally. And he made whole the injury of that that we had from from sin and from separation with him. Like he restored that. He comforted and soothed the pains of separation from him by coming. Um, and it, it also means steadfast love, that same word. Um, and that's why we say, whenever we say Kyrie Eleison or Lord have mercy, we're literally saying, Lord, soothe me, comfort me, take away my pain, show me your steadfast love. Um, and so it's just so beautiful. Oh, sorry. This was from a book called uh, Orthodox Worship, A Living Continuity with the Synagogue, the Temple and the Early Church. Um, and just going back to what we mentioned on the previous episode about how she bore that the peace that came to us and the soothing and the comfort and the 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 restoration and salvation of the world like she literally carried that and the fact that the fact that like if we read in in exodus for example exodus 25 god is commanding like and let them make me a sanctuary that i may dwell among them According to all that I show you, that is the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all its furnishings, just so um, you shall make it. So it's through this tabernacle that he came and dwelt among us. It's through St. Mary that the peace was 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 brought and that the olive branch came to tell us, like, don't worry, the flood is over. There is there is hope. There is something coming. And um, I, I love the idea of like restoration, recapitulation, as Irene always mm -hmm. talks about. And there's this very long quote. I'm not going to read it all, but he just contracts it. Like, Ernest is a master of parallels and he'll contrast Eve and Mary. Um, mm. And he talks exactly like that. So like through one virgin, Eve, the world fell. Through the other virgin, the world was restored. Through her disobedience versus Mary's obedience. Um, both listen to an angel, right? So he's like through the angel, like the devil in one. And then the the angel of the virgin. And she said yes to him. Um yeah so he says like and the former disobeyed god but the latter was persuaded to be obedient to god so that she can become an advocate of the mother and of sorry of the virgin eve um and then he says even thus as the human race fell into bondage to death by means of a virgin it is also rescued by a virgin virginal disobedience has been balanced in the opposite scale by virginal obedience and then this is where the dove comes in he says for in the same way the sin uh, the, of the first created man receives amendment by the crea correction of the first begotten and the coming of the serpent is conquered by the harmlessness of the dove those bonds being unloosed by which we have been fast bound to death so just mm -hmm. a beautiful like contrast between eve and her wow yeah i'll end off with just like the prophecy from genesis where um with the recapitulation like christ gathered all things into one by gathering them into himself so what Irenaeus talks about and he declares war on the enemy right he says um he speaks to the serpent and he says i will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed he shall lie in wait for your head and you shall lie in wait for his heel and this is a prophecy about saint mary being involved in the economy of salvation because through her as we said she bore christ to the world and christ defeat satan and defeat death lovely quote by saint ephraim i love him and i think if we for a second can humor ourselves enough to think 
we can do this. Like by the grace of God, we can be like her. It's pretty incredible um, what we can become. So this is, he also does the fun thing with the parallels. I love when they do that. He says, he who is the word entered and became silent within her. So he who is the word entered and became silent within her. Thunder entered her and made no sound. There entered the shepherd of all, and in her he became the lamb. The establisher of all entered in his richness, but came forth poor. The exalted one entered her, but came forth meek. The splendorous one entered her, but came forth, having put on a lowly hue. The mighty one entered and put on insecurity from her womb. The provisioner of all entered and experienced hunger. He who gives drink to all entered and experienced thirst. Naked and stripped there came forth from her, he who clothes all. And I don't know, this this just communicates so much peace and stillness to me. Where if I allow myself to reach my fullness or the potential that I was created um, to attain, or to go back to, I should say, um, what what stillness um, and beauty is there that awaits me that she had, that she was from the very beginning. And you see it in the wedding. Like, just think about your like daily inconveniences and how much it rattles me and shakes me. And I'm already displaced because of something small. And she, in all stillness, approached him and just said, help. And then that was it. Because <laughs> she knew him. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. She just n- knows what he's capable of. He knows. She knows her, his love. So, yeah. There's no doubt. Shmemen paints a really lovely picture as well, where he, he takes us back to when she, um, her parents uh, gave her to the temple. And he said, Mary is led into the temple. She enters the Holy of Holies, which is the most sacred and divine temple. She becomes the most sacred and divine temple, housing Christ himself. And so the most sacred and divine temple then enters into the temple, lowercase t. The temple is prophesied later on to be destroyed and the veil is torn. And so we now become the temple again, just like Mary. And our heart becomes the holy of holies. And it gives us so much meaning and purpose in our lives because the human now becomes the dwelling place of God. Um, I was listening to a talk one time and they said, the kingdom of heaven is within you. God is a, God is in heaven. What if heaven is you? Oh. And I think, I think about that often. Um, and I think about all of the things that heaven is and all of the things that she was. And what I am not. <laughs> and then just go forth and be those things. Like be that peace. Um, be that grace for another person. Or that mercy. Or that healing and soothing presence. Um, by by his grace. Um, last thing I'm going to say. I was talking to someone a few weeks ago. Who said... Everyone has a holy of holies that's just between them and God. And that's what keeps them authentic. 
And so if life itself becomes this temple, God is not an aspect of our lives. Mama teaches us that he is our very life. Um, and to be able to, in the words of like St. Isaac, who says, plunge into yourself and meet him, meet him at your special holy of holies and allow him to dwell there, then I think we can, by his grace, um, become like her and get to know her more intimately and then get to know him more intimately. Yeah. And for everything she did in her life, which again, like, just like you said, like we know so little of, um, was a constant, was always pointing to God. Um, and he just reminded me of a quote by St. John of Damascus. He says, behold the virgin, the daughter of Adam and mother of God. Because of Adam, she commits her body to the earth, but because of her son, she gives her body to the heavenly tabernacle above. And exactly, it's it's insane how she, like, she reminds us that we are here. Like, this isn't our, and this was, I think this is specifically, um, like, just the meditation on the dormition of St. Mary. But it just reminds us that, like, we're not meant to to stay here and to rot here and to just be a like like I don't know like just to just end up here but what like sure we can our body she committed her her body to the earth she committed her life to to the people of the earth she committed her life to service but at the same time because of her son she gave her body to the heavenly tabernacle above and not only was she a tabernacle for Christ but he also like she she entered into his tabernacle above and so she constantly reminds us of that paradox and the the ultimate goal yeah father matthew talks about the assumption of her body and how it's very eschatological like it reminds us of the things to come like you said karen and it reminds us of the ultimate resurrection of our bodies and he says the assumption wasn't a resurrection but it was a state of transfiguration in which the body was carried by the angelic powers into heaven. Mm -hmm. And it was a reminder for everybody that we will resurrect. Like you said, because if you become the temple of the Holy Spirit and you house God and you bear Christ to the world, then your body also becomes um, so holy and it will resurrect. And he says, mm -hmm. like, not just our bodies, but the whole creation is invited to transfiguration. Um, he's like, just like the the clothes, the garments of Christ became glistening more white than snow in the transfiguration. In the same way, the light of the, like the whole world and the whole creation in our bodies should be glistening with that light. Yeah. And if we go back to Psalm, uh, the Psalm 45, which I've just been so in love with, um, uh, we see all her glory as the king's daughter is within so it's we are also the king's daughters and sons sorry if you're listening and you're a guy <laughs> um but all her glory because she's the king's daughter is within her and and it also touches on what we discussed last week about how it's by extension of being his children and his his brother and sister and father and mother that we participate in his glory like how he's sharing his his glory and his beauty with us um and it's it's also within us you know god is within us the the kingdom of heaven is within us that's where the beauty is and it also um helps us think more about virginity in a different way 
again, not to take away the emphasis of being vigilant and careful with our physical bodies, but also what is happening within us. You know what it is? It's that she learned from a very young age to disappear, and in her disappearing, Christ appeared. And so everything that we're talking about that she is humility and grace and mercy and it's just who Christ is. He is love. He is grace. He is mercy. Um, He is healing. He is all of these things. She just disappeared to herself. She plunged within herself and found Christ and Christ was what emerged. Christ was the prominent Christ was what appeared. May we all <laughs> learn to be like you, Mom. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Thank you, Lord, for giving us an example like your mother who we can look up to. Thank you, Mama, for being who you are, so beautiful and so outside of yourself. Teach us to disappear like you disappeared so that Christ can emerge, so that Christ can be the one that shines forth. Teach us to be motherly like you were, mo- like you were the mother of Christ. Teach us to be humble like you were all throughout your life. Teach us to be grace and mercy and healing to those around us. Teach us stillness and silence. Show show yourself to us in times when we are shaken, where we feel displaced and uneasy, so that we can remember. We can remember what stillness looks like, and we can remember what grace looks like. Trust and love. All of the things that you knew so deeply inside of you. How, Mama, how did you carry him and feed him, knowing that he was the provisioner of all? This mystery we can never understand, but we seek, Mama, and we're asking you to reveal to us just a little bit. We love you, Mama intercede for us and call upon your son to look to us to tend to us and to shepherd to us amen through the intercessions of mama saint mary magdalene saint mary of bethany saint fatini all the choir of your saints and all the im saints hear us when we pray with all thanksgiving our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Christ Jesus, our Lord, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. God, amen. Whether you'd like more information on resources used in this episode, want to suggest a topic, or leave your feedback, please visit our website, emisher.com. And even if you just want to talk, feel free to reach out to one of your AIM sisters.
For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you're listening and follow us on our Instagram and Facebook pages.